0: Welcome back to Midday Matters. I'm Darshan Maharaja, your friendly host on Saga 960 AM, with you every weekday from 2 to 4 in the afternoon, where, as you know, we take stock of a bunch of issues, usually something local, that's where we begin, but then we expand our vision to national-level issues as well, with the occasional international news item thrown in. We are talking about immigration today, and in that context, I am uh, pleased to welcome J.D. Meeni to the studio. Meeni is... Uh, candidate from Oakville for People's Party of Canada. Uh, I call you J.D.,
1: right? Yes, that's right. Welcome. Welcome to the studio, J.D. Thank you very much. I would like to uh, give a shout out to all your fans Hmm. and all the PPC supporters listening right now, too.
0: Sure. I'm sure they are listening. And uh, this is an important uh, topic. And somehow it has become a taboo to touch it in the political arena. And I always found that um, very disconcerting. Because uh, as long as you are not uh, inciting violence, no issue should be off-limits. That's what I believe. Of course. Yeah. The classical free speech guy. That's me. <laughs> now, uh, I was at the meeting where uh, Maxim Bernier gave out uh, a very detailed uh, uh, idea of what he plans to do if elected. And uh, immigration and multiculturalism being the uh, twin thrust of his speech, uh, first of all, uh, he when he talked about reducing immigration from three hundred fifty thousand or to between hundred to hundred and fifty thousand, how do you think this can be achieved? Because that's a pretty drastic drop.
1: Okay, so right now uh, the Liberals projected they want to have four hundred and fifty thousand immigration numbers for their two thousand nineteen platform. We're proposing anywhere from 100 to 150 thousand, as you heard on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We believe that immigration is an important tool to the country. Mm-hmm. However, it needs to fit our needs. So, right now, we believe only about 25 percent of the immigrants of current numbers are skill-based immigrants, mm-hmm. where the other ones are economic-based immigrants, which mm-hmm. don't necessarily help Canada's needs.
0: Right. So you mean family and uh, including parents, grandparents, children, all those. Right. But when you get immigrants, then they are going to come as a family, unless you are recruiting like uh, in the Persian Gulf, for example, where a visa is issued to a worker and that's the only person who gets to come in. So you are expecting some uh, degree of dilution. It's not going to be 100%. Exactly. So what kind of a percentage are you looking at?
1: Um, again, from my understanding, it's 150,000. Those are mm-hmm. the numbers that we want mm-hmm. to bring in.
0: Right. I remember uh, Mr. Bernier talking about uh, s- around 50 percent of the immigrants being uh, actually working uh, immigrants that they would look for a job. Now, as I mentioned uh, before uh, we began this segment, there is a report in uh, National Post by Douglas Todd, Mm -hmm. which uh, talks about a category that I didn't even know existed. It's called International Mobility Program, where it has existed for a long time. But according to Mr. Todd, uh, by 2005, there were about 70,000 people coming in every year. And uh, then the latest number for 2018 is 250,000. So these are not immigrants.
1: So I know that Canada signed on to Agenda 21, which is the UN migration uh, global compact. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ahmed Hussein, who is our current immigration minister, helped draft this compact. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin Trudeau supported it totally. Mm -hmm. Um, This essentially erases Canada's sovereignty and allows global migration from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So Canada is being a pioneer, I guess, in that sense of bringing in people Mm -hmm. from all over. Now, we do not necessarily need to rely on UN selection programs. We've right. been doing this long before we signed on to this compact. Right. It gives us our control to decide who we want to come here.
0: Absolutely. In fact, uh, that infamous tweet of Mr. Trudeau, Mm -hmm. inviting all and sundry to just come to Canada. At that time, my assessment was that this is bad because Mm -hmm. it outsources the decision making for immigration to random individuals who have their own reasons for making that decision. Now, I don't begrudge them their decision.
1: No, of course not. But
0: I want to be able to erect a barrier between their decision and their action.
1: That's that's where the tool of democracy comes in that if you didn't vote for these people who are they to say that they get to decide that we should be bringing these people into Canada Mm -hmm. it should be elected officials that make those sort sort of uh, decisions.
0: Right but you know if you uh, really analyze this whole immigration thing then it also needs to include one factor that I believe nobody has uh, focused on right now or until now is uh, the international student Uh, Thing Because uh, depending on which report you are looking at, we are getting anything up to 400,000 international students with the idea being that down the line, they will become Canadian citizens.
1: I assume that if you are a student, you're coming to Canada and you're contributing to the whole of the country, then it would make sense that you could apply for uh, to become an immigrant and a Canadian citizen eventually. We haven't released too much about that at this time, though.
0: Right, but here's something for uh, maybe for you to take back to your party, which is that if we are getting anywhere between 200,000 to 400,000, take your number, of people who are in the pipeline to become uh, citizens just as permanent residents Mm -hmm. are or other immigrants are who come on immigration visa, Mm -hmm. right? Then uh, down the line, you are looking at a total of uh, that 200,000 or 400,000 plus the 300, whatever thousand that are coming as immigrants. That's the net addition to the uh, newcomer category. So that is uh, way off from 100,000, 150,000. How do you go about deciding the mechanism which brings about the reduction from 350 to 250?
1: That would have been established by Bernie himself, so I don't know the exact mm-hmm. mechanism and how that would have came about. So I, I don't feel appropriate to answer
0: that. <laughs> right, because, you know, I've always thought about this. Uh, they say that this is based on Canada's needs, but uh, given how this, uh, uh, this whole system works. First of all, any uh, data of this type on employment, whether unemployed people or unfilled jobs or whatever, that is you're looking in the rearview mirror, you know what has happened Mm -hmm. which may not necessarily be today's reality. And then the whole process needs its own time to work out. People need to apply and then they need to be approved and there is a medical check and whatever. So there is a lag time. So by the time the person comes into Canada, the so-called shortage in his um, class of work may not exist, number one.
1: So I think we also want to give Canadians an opportunity, um, people who were born here. Mm -hmm. um, We want to make sure that any sort of immigration fits with Canadian values. Mm -hmm. Um, I know from the immigrants I've spoken to that they have left their countries because Mm -hmm. they sought a better opportunity in Canada too. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a student or a legitimate refugee of some sort, Mm -hmm. um, assuming that there would be some appropriate degree of assimilation that would happen in our country – Um, Right.
0: Unfortunately, that is one more concept that has become taboo in uh, Canadian politics, which is to talk about Canadian values. Now, uh, we call them Canadian values, but people all over the world have those values. It's only that we want to filter incoming immigrants through that lens. And uh, talking about it has become kind of a sign of racism. Uh, which is why I bring it up all the time because, uh, thankfully, I am immune to that (laughs) accusation, (laughs) being a racial minority here in Canada. But uh, here is uh, what I think uh, may be a good idea, which is, let us say there is a shortage of nurses in Airdrie, Alberta. Okay. Then, once that is assessed, you release that much immigration for people who are qualified and then select among them and send them to Airdrie, Alberta, instead
1: of them settling wherever they want (laughs) Trying to encourage people to go to areas that possibly need to have that um, population, that would Mm -hmm. make sense. Um, Again, with the immigration numbers we touched on, I know um, we had spoken about as a party that within two years, the current numbers that the Liberals are trying to push for would replace the entire population in Nova Scotia in two years, and then in three years' time, it would replace Manitoba. Mm -hmm. So, again, immigration needs to be used as an appropriate tool and that we're not trying to take jobs away from Canadians who were born here, Mm -hmm. um, whose parents came here legally, Mm -hmm. and then tried to give their children that opportunity Mm -hmm. as well, too.
0: Right. And then there is the whole issue of laxity in system. For example, over the weekend, there was an article in Toronto Star about uh, undocumented uh, people being Mm -hmm. given the opportunity to become immigrants. Mm -hmm. They are in the construction sector and they are in the GTA. Now, that is awfully selective for me. I want a national policy, not restricted to one geographical area and then to one particular sector. Uh, Secondly, we are uh, now, you know, talking about moral hazard. When someone knows that by flouting the law, they are uh, likely to benefit, Mm -hmm. then
1: they will. So Canada, the United States, Mexico—we have third part, uh, three con- third country agreements. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not illegal for someone to claim asylum in the country. Mm-hmm. For example, at the New York border in Quebec, mm-hmm. Roxham Road has been used by um, illegals to mm-hmm. cross over. Right. Um, it's not an official point of entry. Mm-hmm. So our party plans to use designate uh, the entire border of Canada as a. Um, official point of entry, but you have to go to the appropriate crossing to do so. Well, so I'm,
0: I'm glad you use the word illegals because uh, I prefer that term. <laughs> They're not irregular.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. this is
0: not bowel movement we are talking about. Correct. This is <laughs> migration of people, and they are illegals. But uh, I was talking about people who have come here. Uh, uh, that uh, Toronto Star report talks about people who came here on valid work visa. Mm-hmm. Then the visa uh, expired, and they overstayed their visa. And uh, there is also this uh, you know, touchy-feely message about uh, the only illegality being the overstay. But my point is that uh, they must have sustained themselves in some fashion, which means they were illegally employed. Now there is illegality involving two parties, the mm-hmm. person and the employer.
1: There should be repercussions for both. I agree. Absolutely. Because,
0: uh, again, you know, uh, we like to be, as Canadians, very polite and very gentle people. But uh, when it comes to administrative systems that have potentially an impact on national security. Of course. We need to be um, very strict in terms of how we react to any violation of our laws. Now, that ties into the whole multiculturalism thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of get uh, Mr. Bernier's idea about extreme Multiculturalism. In fact, I am a very vocal critic of that. Because, on one hand, what it does is it encourages people to remain within their silos Mm -hmm. and not venture out. Thus, Again, assimilation has become a bad word here.
1: Yes. But we can call it integration just to avoid that. The Multiculturalism Act of 1985, Mm -hmm. in there it specifically says uh, to give priority rights to Mm ethno-minorities. If you keep bringing in one group and then they end up surpassing another group, who's to say who's the minority anymore at that point Mm -hmm. if it's still being measured from an old standard? So Mm -hmm. part of our platform is to reject the Multiculturalism Act that was put in. Uh, maybe amend it, reject it entirely, Um, it needs to be updated. So it's not working how it should now at this time. I can see
0: potentially the Constitution of Canada being involved in this because if you want to do away with Multiculturalism Act, I think you will have to look at the Constitution as well because uh, there is some kind of a strong linkage between the two where unless you amend the Constitution, you cannot get around to removing or repealing the Multiculturalism Act. But, uh, you know, talking about ethnic silos, again, the reason why uh, they come into being, or one reason why they come into being, is because once a person immigrates to Canada, regardless of what process uh, they went through, they are able to settle wherever they want. Now, I'm naturally more inclined to settling in Brampton, Mm -hmm because I know that I can get all my foods and cultural uh, you know activities and the whole shebang and therefore which is why I was talking about that hypothetical example of Addri Alberta where there is a, you know shortage of ten nurses you bring ten nurses and then they go to Addri Alberta that prevents the kind of uh, uh, formation of silos the only thing is how this can be made possible within the legal structure of Canada so there is a uh, one steep hill to climb there, but um, in terms of funding to multicultural groups, again, um, uh, Mr. Bernier made some remarks, and uh, if you could kindly elaborate on those,
1: uh, can you be a little more specific as to what he
0: said? Uh, he said that um, we encourage people to uh, maintain their culture, mm-hmm. their uh, native culture, but uh, that uh, the government will not pay for maintaining that culture. Yeah,
1: so I think the whole term uh, diversity gets overused a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Our party wants to focus more on unity. So, um, though your culture might be different than mine, we do have a common sense of unity, which Mm -hmm. will make us a Canadian in Mm -hmm. that sense. And I think that's what we're trying to encourage more Mm -hmm. um, and trying to get away from the silos. So, whether it be little India, little Italy, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. we're all together.
0: It's very interesting, actually, because uh, back in 1918, uh, there were uh, anti-Greek riots in Toronto. Mm -hmm. They went on for three days. There were some casualties. And uh, today, Greeks are part of the mainstream. Yes. Now, there must have been a process that uh, made them a part of the mainstream. Do you think this uh, current policy of multiculturalism becomes an obstacle to that process?
1: Again, I think it needs to be looked at again, Mm -hmm. and we have to update it and yeah so it could be a bit of an obstacle at this time so
0: Right. And uh, again, let us, you know, in the interest of clearing the air, mm-hmm. because that is what Mr. Bernier also referred to at the beginning of his speech, which is that there is this association which is leveled as an accusation at uh, PPC. Okay. Uh, with some uh, white nationalist or white supremacist groups. Now, in terms of your composition, uh, of course, uh, Professor Salim Mansour is <laughs> one of the candidates for PPC. Absolutely. so I know about it. But if you can elaborate on the uh, multicultural, multi-ethnic uh, uh, makeup of PPC, then our listeners can also get a sense of how diverse
1: the party is. Absolutely. So especially anyone who will see photographs from Wednesday or who had attended, um, we have a makeup of all different colors, religions, creeds. Um, yeah, we have everyone. It's it's wonderful. Salim sir a very strong advocate. Mm -hmm. Uh, He himself, who is a Muslim, Mm -hmm. um, is a part of our party. Mm -hmm. And our party does stand against uh, globalism and uh, radical Islam. As a twin force.
0: Right. And uh, Tahir Gora is a candidate here in Mississauga, Malton. Yes. He is a Muslim, and I've known him for a number of years. And he, uh, in fact, uh, is a very good example of what to look for when you're looking for Canadian values. Absolutely. Because he believes in freedom of thought, he believes in freedom
1: of uh, speech. Freedom of speech, very important.
0: And he is a very, uh, very strong um, opponent of the uh, silo mentality or ghettoization. That's my favorite term. Exactly. Yes. Uh, You also have Mr. Bawa in uh, Brampton Centre, who Mm -hmm. is a Sikh, and uh, he's a candidate from your party. Met him a few times. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Good gentleman. Good guy. And uh, these are the people who are uh, in politics uh, to make Canada better. Of course. Now, you may agree or disagree with their vision, but uh, I don't think I can disagree with uh, the motivation of the gentleman in the PPC that I know. And uh, which is why I think this whole uh, accusation of um, uh, being a front for white uh, supremacists or white nationalists or whatever
1: you call it It's the wrong narrative, exactly. Yeah.
0: That's right. In fact, I had the uh, opportunity, if you can call it that, of interacting with uh, those fringe groups. Yes. And therefore, I'm uh, fairly familiar with uh, their mindset, which, uh, you know, very illogical. It's it's an indoctrination group, so it has to be illogical. But... uh, PPC doesn't look like that way. No. Uh, there have been some issues in out in BC with some riding association another in Manitoba. But this is a study that is just a, I mean party that is just starting up. So you expect those teething troubles to be uh, present.
1: Absolutely. We are less than a year old and mm-hmm. I think, you know, the Liberals had probably the same problem back in the day, mm-hmm. same with the conservatives, it would have been any major group. Mm-hmm. You, you start to bring in everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's about weeding out people.
0: Absolutely. Uh, as it relates to your uh, riding of Oakville, how mm-hmm. do you see the people's response and how the message of uh, the People's Party resonates with them?
1: So I see Oakville as a very moderate riding. Um, mm-hmm. They flipped between liberal and conservative several times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are very fed up with the direction that the conservative leader, Andrew Scheer, is going right now. Mm-hmm. Um, They're also very distasteful with the current nominee in the riding Mm -hmm. for the Conservatives. Mm -hmm. I, myself, was a part of that race at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to be the other alternative Mm -hmm. and the real alternative as opposed to the Liberals and the Conservatives. So Mm -hmm. I want people to believe in us that we've grown very expansively in about 10 months in our existence.
0: Right. So You must have had some campaign events in Oakville?
1: Yes, I had a kickoff fundraiser and I'm proud to say. We raised over Mm $10,000, and it was wonderful.
0: Okay, great. Now, I came across another news item uh, relating to uh, Ruby Sohota. Yes. Uh, She had her uh, fundraiser kickoff on the 28th. And I was wondering if uh, the writ has not been dropped. This can be done.
1: Yeah, so the writ has not been dropped yet. It's 45 days before the election, Mm -hmm. which at this point looks like it'll be October 21st. So we are still allowed to raise money in this time, though.
0: You are allowed to raise money. Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay, because I was wondering about the regulations and how they uh, govern these things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, uh, again, uh, you know, going back to your riding of Oakville, uh, whatever resentment that um, uh, the voters in Oakville had, uh, first of all, uh, there is the party in government, and therefore there is more to. Uh, criticize because they are making policy decisions, yes. and then those are either resonating well or not resonating well with the people. How do they think their uh, uh, their future has been impacted by the actions of the liberal government?
1: So let me say this. Oakville is a bedroom community. There's a lot of professionals that are there. Uh, We have a lot of captains of industry, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, small Mm -hmm. business owners. Mm -hmm. They care about the economy. That is Mm -hmm. very important to them. Mm -hmm. They care about taxes. That's very important to them as well. Mm -hmm. They do care about immigration as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that the leadership of Justin Trudeau has failed a lot of Canadians. Mm -hmm. From the last I checked, there were about 19 MPs that are not seeking re-election. Maybe that number has grown since then. Our current MP, John Oliver, is also not seeking re-election. Election, mm-hmm. um, I think that the direction is going to go back to where Canadians feel right about their country, and they're just not going to vote for the Liberals again. And I think when they look at Sheer, they're going to see him as Trudeau light. Okay, so and yeah, PPC way to go.
0: Right now, you know, when it comes to actual governance. Mm-hmm. Um, It's a balance between competing interests, competing demands, competing priorities. Definitely. Um, We see the most glaring example of this in the pipelines issue Mm -hmm. between Alberta and uh, uh, British Columbia. Supply of energy. Yeah. Supply of energy and export of our uh, important product. Now, for a time, there was a provincial government of the same party in both the provinces and even they couldn't see eye to eye. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to care for our environment. We want to leave a better planet for our uh, children and grandchildren. But at the same time, we want to uh, also leave them... uh, Um, thriving economy. Of course. So how do you uh, strike a balance? Because I've tried to keep uh, track of this whole environmental thing on the Mm -hmm. coast of
1: BC, and frankly, I'm lost. I find that um, definitely environmental issues are very important to a lot of voters now. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why we need to have environmental policies that make Mm -hmm. sense. The Mm -hmm. same would go for the supply of energy. Mm -hmm. We need to build those pipelines. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, which ties into a lot of this, too, is equalization payments. We need to make sure that a lot of the provinces are being fair about this. So, my home province of Quebec, they might be abusing this system for a long time now. Um, Alberta has been carrying the weight for a lot of other provinces in the country, in particular Quebec. So, um, having energy supplied to the rest of Canada is very important, and that is, you know, it's a strong issue that I think people should look at.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I keep bringing up one fact and uh, from all the people who are against the uh, energy sector in Canada, none of them have been able to answer this. And uh, let's explore that, which is that we were talking about peak oil uh, 11 years ago. And uh, global demand was about 75 million barrels a day. And uh, peak oil hasn't happened and today the global demand is 100 million barrels a day, Mm -hmm. and it is still being supplied. So in that respect, uh, what kind of contribution Canada can make?
1: Well, I look at how strong a country is going to be with our number of exports. Mm -hmm. Canada has slipped. Mm -hmm. We might still be in the top ten, but Mm -hmm. we're nowhere near the top. I would say the competing forces right now are China and the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, It's flipping back and forth with the Mm -hmm. trade war. You know, maybe the United States might be on top right now if you look at their economy. Mm Um, Canada is a resource-based uh, country. Mm-hmm. We have great potential to move ourselves up on that scale.
0: Well, thank you very much, J.D. Meaney, candidate from Oakville for People's Party of Canada. Thank you for uh, coming to our studio. Today.
1: Thank you, Darshan. I appreciate that. Thank you
0: so welcome. Thank you. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be back with you right after this short commercial break.